Is there life on other planets? Can a 2.5 billion dollar, 2,000 pound science project be the start of a human colony on Mars? To understand the meaning behind NASA's Curiosity rover, let's further the boundaries of our exploration, at least 154 million miles long. Technology news reported through the lens of Kabbalah. What do we hope to gain from another planet? In the case of this Mars exploration, the motivation seems very straightforward. To see if the red planet was once inhabited by life. One can argue that this is the primary motivation for any exploration into space. Certainly, this seems to be the topic that has captured the public's imagination for decades. When we speak of passing or crossing from one planet to the next, the word for this is Iver, which also means anger. So it is fitting that our journey should be to a red, fiery planet whose name in Hebrew is Maadim, from the word Edom, or red. As with Moses, he wanted to cross the west side of the Jordan River into the land of Israel, and Abraham, who was born on the other side, Aver Hayardin, the other side of the Jordan River, the word Hebrews itself denotes a passage. The Jewish people are known for being travelers. Now this, this explore how these travels can also be seen as a journey between planets. The consciousness of either Moses, or to some extent, our Curiosity rover mission, is that we are asking to receive something for free. In our present day scenario, we are asking to receive the gift of another world. We are on one side of the river, and we'd like to get to the other side. But in order to get there, we need to first change the way we think. While the best example for this is Moses asking permission from God to cross the Jordan River into the land of Israel, we can still take some lessons home to our discussion as well. Space travel both excites a sense of wonder and smallness at the same time. While imagining travel through galaxies is quite fascinating, the fact is that planet Earth is relatively a speck of dust in comparison to the entire observable universe, about 46 billion light years. It's not all about size though. God wants the Jewish people because they lessen themselves. They make themselves the least. So too, like Moses praying for permission to enter the land of Israel, our space traveling mindset is that we are physically very small indeed. But with this sense of smallness comes a great potential for progress and growth. When Moses was praying to enter the land of Israel, he was asking that it be a gratis gift, matanaskinam, from God. So too the public is asking for a present called Mars, a new planet to inhabit and call our own. If this gift is to be given, it can only come through a sense of smallness. All space exploration is based on this concept. One of the main facts spurring NASA on is that on previous missions, they found ice and signs that water once flowed. Water is a prelude to life. Where there is water, then the next step is to test whether carbon and microbes can be found as well. This again is similar to our source example. Moses was praying to travel one world outside the land of Israel and traverse into the next, the land of Israel. While the water is an important prelude to the mission, it is only an intermediary. The real motivation is to settle the new land. In space travel, we don't know if Mars was and is inhabitable, so we need to take samples. In the case of Moses, he knows that the land is flowing with milk and honey. The question, though, is whether he is allowed to enter. When Moses was asking permission to cross into the land of Israel, he was asking permission to begin perfecting reality. How would we relate this to our discussion? There is something wondrous about transforming a severe planet into something inhabitable. Moses' prayer to enter the land of Israel was in order to build a kingdom there. Like Moses who wanted to begin building a kingdom, our journey entails drawing down might, restraint, gevorah, until its extension in, in acknowledgement, perseverance, hod. 
This perseverance, as with the Mars mission that was three years and over a billion dollars over budget, is already in order to construct a kingdom. This then explains our, explains our desire to create a colony on Mars, a severe planet. According to Kabbalah, Mars itself corresponds to judgment, Gevorah, whereas Earth is loving-kindness, Chesed. God created the world with judgment, but he also added loving-kindness in order to sweeten it. So in some ways, Mars is a more primordial representation of our universe even more than Earth is. The difference being that a kingdom built from judgments rules with force, whereas one built with loving-kindness rules with compassion. God constructs his kingdom with loving-kindness. If the choice is between the two, we would always choose to live on Earth rather than Mars, the kind planet over the severe, sweetening the harsh. While if given the choice we would prefer to live on Earth, there is indeed some advantage to seeing life on Mars. As mentioned, the Hebrew word for Mars is Ma'adim, meaning red, but also man, Adam. Whereas blue Earth connotes spiritual well-being, red Mars signifies physical length, health, and longevity. The color red also has a long wavelength. That is why a redshift in science means that the universe is expanding, whereas the short wavelength of a blue shift signifies a contracting universe. If we were to view the colors of these two planets as relative and not intrinsic, then maybe the reason Mars appears so red to us is because it is so hard to settle. It is moving away from us faster than the other planets. What would happen then if we were to settle Mars? Earth would now seem red, and we would appear the blue ones. Although technically speaking, the Earth is blue and the Mars is red because of the physical makeup of each planet, the Doppler effect of blue shifts and red shifts does have a tangible effect on the visible light emitted from objects in motion. The lesson here is that maybe Mars is moving away from me, or I'm moving away from Mars. Maybe we're really the red ones, we are moving away from Mars, not the other way around. This is a way to apply Einstein's theory of relativity to our discussion. If Earth is really red, yet we are still able to inhabit it, then I have sweetened harsh judgments without the space travel. This brings us to our motivation for space travel itself. In order to land on Mars, NASA's Curiosity rover had seven minutes to go from 13,000 miles per hour to a complete stop. This is like the divine service of going out of one's vessels. In order to warm our present blue, cold reality up with something red hot, we need to first go through a freefall experience. When approaching people that take delight in mundane matters, for instance, the way to approach them is by going out of our own boundaries, to show them that although we live on a small planet, there is something wondrous to be gained from this sense of smallness and awe in face of creation. As we come closer to Mars, it becomes bigger from our perspective. So too, the greater we experience warmth and fervor in our lives, the greater we complete our life here back on blue earth. Once we have made the freefall, then we can return back to our daily lives with new vigor and, ex and exuberance. In order to conquer space, we must first see our planet as one that unifies both blue and red elements as one. Thank you for joining. For more, please visit communityofreaders.org.